you've got a house in Hawaii and five kids waiting to be your best friend. You have the best life waiting for you. You, you can do this. you got to pull through. I'm Phil Hatterman, and this is Dog Words, presented by Rosie Fund. Today, we welcome Jesse Schroyer to tell the story of Oakley, the Parvo puppy. If you're new to this podcast, in each episode, we explore the world of dog care and companionship. We Save Each Other is the motto of Rosie Fund, which simply means the more we do for dogs, the more they do for us, and they already do a lot. If you love dogs, you'll love Dog Words. We welcome your comments, questions, and suggestions. Go to the podcast page at rosiefund.org to share your thoughts, including ideas for topics and guests. Please follow Rosie Fund on social media, especially the free Rosie Fund YouTube channel that offers great videos of Rosie, Peaches, and Shelter Dogs, including some exclusive content like what we'll be posting of Oakley and another video that we've posted of Karen Miller's Border Collies, Josie and Greg, working their sheep. Please comment on the YouTube videos as that feeds the algorithm that helps Rosie Fund show up in people's feeds and searches. Help us go viral. The mission of Rosie Fund is to provide humans with the resources and education they need to give senior and harder-to-adopt dogs a better life. We thank you for joining our mission. If you like the music we play on Dog Words, that's alternative string duo The Wires. If you'd like to be a part of their underground concert series this fall by hosting a small and socially distant outdoor concert in your backyard or on your porch, please contact them at thewiresduo at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-W-I-R-E-S-D-U-O at gmail.com. Today on Dogwoods, we welcome back Jesse Schroyer. Hi, Jesse. Hello, Phil. Good to be back. You've been on to talk about Hospice Foster, and you've been on to talk about Doga, and anyone who's not gone to Doga is really missing out. Yeah, especially now. The weather's been great, and we've had a ton of new Dogaers checking it out every week. So come on down to Barquet, 10 a.m. on Sundays, and come play. Not only people who are at Doga for the first time, we've had people who are doing yoga for the first time. Absolutely. And we've got plenty of space to socially distance appropriately while we play with dogs and get a little bit of a workout on. A nice gentle workout though. Yes. It's always very enjoyable, followed by beverages. If you've been to Barcade Dog Bar, it's Pet Finder Park behind the stage there where the groom room is, the big enclosed area. So get a sense of there's a lot of space there. Yeah, yeah, there's plenty of space and some shade when it when it gets too hot. And sometimes they'll throw up a tent. So there's our Doga plug. Always, yes. Come to Doga. Today we're going to talk about a less appealing topic. <laughs> Indeed, very much less appealing. How do we transition to parvovirus? <laughs> I guess like that. You did a great job of transitioning. We did it. I'm a pro. The reason we're talking to Jesse about parvovirus is she's become kind of an expert. Yeah, not not for any reason that I wanted to become an expert, but because of the happenings in my life, for sure. One happening is that you are a foster for Oakley and not a foster through any sort of shelter or rescue group. Explain that situation. Correct. So one of my best friends since I was five years old, she, her husband, and their five kids and their dog moved to Hawaii. And just, I don't know, maybe six months later, their dog passed away suddenly from a heart attack, unfortunately, in front of the five kids. 
And so that was extraordinarily heartbreaking. They're away from all their family. They had, you know, a few friends on the island, but Mm -hmm. obviously dogs are family. And so they were devastated and wanted to find another piece to the family. But their kids do require, some of their kids have a lot of allergies. They require some specific breeds and those breeds were not available on the island. So they did a little search and reached out to me and said, hey, if we get this dog, would you be willing to basically be its surrogate mom for a few months until we can get him to the island because Hawaii has a lot of restrictions. There's no rabies. There are no rabies on the island, not at all. So for any dog to get to Hawaii, you have to have two rabies shots and then another very specific blood test that's only done in three labs across the United States. And there's just some very specific paperwork and timing that has to happen. So for puppies to get those two rabies shots, they uh, have to be they're at least six months old before they can even get to the island. So you're thinking, I've got a few months of having this dog hang out with you and Rosa, and it's just going to be fun being with a puppy. And yeah, there's some challenges with a puppy because you get to house train and teach basic commands and stuff, but you can handle that. Yeah, yeah. And it was, honestly, it was good timing with quarantine and stuff. It just happened like a week or two after I brought him home. And so, I mean, I'm not going anywhere anyway. So I'm here. I had plenty of time, plenty of attention to give. And Rosa is obviously a very good role model for any other dogs. And so it was like, okay, cool. We're, we're going to do this. And I know he's going to go off to a great family. And it's just going to be really fun and a learning experience because I hadn't had a puppy around me since Rosa was a puppy. And if anyone knows Rosa, you know she's not a real dog. She's basically a human. Yes. So she was... When she was the puppy, she was already 70 years old, like Mm -hmm. personality wise. So she doesn't really count as a puppy. (laughs) Oakley is all puppy. What breed is Oakley? Oakley is a wire haired pointing griffin. They are a bird dog. And so they're very smart and they have a lot of energy and they're adorable. He looks like a dish rag or a mop or a muppet. Any of those I think are good descriptions. Yes. And very floppy. The floppiest floppy puppy you've ever seen. (laughs) And he is high energy. When you come to visit, Rosa comes in and finds a place to lay down and watch Oakley and Peaches go at it. Yes, yes. Oakley requires a play date every day and several walks a day. And I knew that going into it and was happy to be able to provide that and be in a situation where I could provide him a lot of attention and a lot of outlets for his energy. After one of those play dates with us, where in retrospect, he didn't have quite as much energy, but it was a hot day. And so all the dogs were just kind of played out pretty quick. Yeah. Well, in that day in particular, actually it was that night was the first time he showed any kind of symptoms of anything. He had gotten sick and he had never thrown up before, but he had been out the night before at around 2.30 in the morning. I was not out with him, and he had been outside for quite some time. So when he came back in about an hour later, he started throwing up. And, you know, every dog owner knows that sound of, mm-hmm. oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, we know what's happening. It ended up happening about, I think I counted, 11 times that night. He threw up. It was all the food he had eaten had come up, and then, you know, just some grass and some bile and stuff. And He had a vet appointment the next day, and so I wasn't too worried because I thought, oh, he got into something. Mm -hmm. He ate something that he shouldn't, and he still ate food the next day. So that was Monday night. Tuesday was the day that we saw you all, 
and he was still, yeah, he was a little less energetic, but not. But he'd been throwing up. So yeah, he'd been throwing up, but he still ate and it was hot out. So it was like, okay, yeah, no big deal. Then. (laughs) Then, and that was actually the first time you had told me he had diarrhea in your yard. Mm -hmm. And I had not seen any diarrhea up until that point. And I'd been with him the whole time. And again, I didn't think much of it. Obviously his stomach hurt, whatever. We were going to the vet. So the next morning we had a vet appointment. So that was Tuesday. We saw you Wednesday. We went to the vet. He still had fairly decent energy at that point. He was still very puppyish. And I told them, you know, Monday night he threw up all like so much. And my friend said he had one round of diarrhea. I didn't see it. Like it smelled bad. I know that. I Mm -hmm. remember you telling me that. And they're like, yeah. And I said, you know, he was out. I wasn't there. It was night. They said, yeah, I mean, you know, dogs get into things. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of what I thought. I wasn't concerned at this point. Mm -hmm. Not at all. I had told his owners in Hawaii, like, hey, he's gotten sick. And she said, is it Parvo? And I was like, no, there's no way it could be Parvo. He's fully vaccinated because puppies get three rounds of Parvo shots. One when they're six weeks old, one when they're three months old and one when they're four months old. And so after that third shot, they're considered fully vaccinated and should be immune to the virus at that Mm -hmm. point. Maybe a booster, but not for at least another year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All dogs will get a booster for distemper and parvo. And Mm -hmm. those actually generally come in the same shot. So um, So he's about a month out from having had his third shot. He was, he was a few weeks. He wasn't quite, he wasn't quite a month out, but he was, he was a couple weeks out from having that third shot. And so I agreed with them and they sent me home with some antibiotics and some probiotics for him. And so then I tried to get him to eat and he then refused to eat all day. I got him to drink a little bit of water and then he went outside and he ate grass and he promptly threw up the grass and... He hadn't had anything in his system, so it was just bile and grass on, unfortunately, my roommate's couch. Sorry about that. And uh, then he, poor guy, tried to make it outside and didn't make it and had diarrhea in our kitchen. And that was the first time I, so that was the second round of diarrhea, and that was the first time that I had seen it and smelled it. Whoa. Mm-hmm. So, you know, hindsight. I wasn't kidding. Was uh, I? No, you were not kidding. It was horrible. My roommate had to leave the kitchen because she was gagging. It was terrible. And again, hindsight and research wise, you know, is, is so different. I looked at it and I thought that's weird. It was pure liquid. And there were, um, I had read up on Parvo after his owners had suggested and we're all like, no, it can't be. He's vaccinated. And it said, look for bloody diarrhea. There was no blood in his diarrhea. So this is my big, like, warning for people is early on in the virus shedding process for these dogs if they contract parvo is it doesn't quite cause the bleeding yet but it does cause mucus so you'll see mucus in their stools in those loose stools Mm -hmm. and that was very clearly I knew exactly what it was when I saw it it was pure liquid and there was clearly mucus all within the stools which was pretty terrible so after that happened That was Wednesday afternoon. So we'd just been to the vet that morning. I called them and I was like, no, we're coming back. Something is wrong. Like he's not okay. We need to be seen again. And they said, yep, absolutely bring him in. So we go back to the vet and they look at him, take his temperature. His temperature was elevated. I didn't know that until later. And they gave him a anti-nausea shot and 
It's like, we'll save a spot for him in the morning. Let's see how he does overnight. So I was like, okay, because I didn't know any better. Mm -hmm. I'd never experienced Parvo before. I had no idea what it looked like or sounded like. And as our vets also thought, he should be immune to Parvo. Mm -hmm. We've already crossed this off the list. Yeah, so it wasn't even something that they looked at immediately. Yeah, so that night I take him home and I'm like nervous because I'm kind of an overbearing dog mom. I think like most, most dog parents are. And as much as anyone is very sensitive to the needs of their dog, I think even more so when you're responsible for someone else's dog. I think that heightens it. Oh, for sure. And honestly, the timing was really good because Rosa had just come to your house Mm -hmm. on Sunday, the day before he ended up showing any symptoms to deal with some stuff that she was working with. So I was, that timing worked out really well because then I could give full attention to him. And so I put him in my bed because at that point I'm, I'm nervous. Like he clearly doesn't feel well. He still wasn't eating. He had stopped drinking water and I wanted to, you know, have a hand on him all night. Mm -hmm. And we got up the next day and he staggered is the best word for it outside where he took a couple steps and then just laid down. And then I like picked him up to like send him to the grass to potty or whatever. And he ate a couple blades of grass and then he tried to throw up several times and it was just saliva and that little bit of grass that he had eaten and he just would then lay down. And at that point I'm like, oh no, we're, we're like right now we're leaving. We're going back. This is not my puppy that I know and love. Something is very, very wrong. At this point, it might be appropriate to share with our listeners who do not know exactly what parvovirus is. It's an intestinal virus. Yes. <laughs> and so there's intestinal distress. There's diarrhea. There's vomiting. There's dehydration. Mm-hmm. There's elevated temperature. Sometimes yes. it's lower temperature, but more commonly elevated temperature. And so there's some other signs, but it's a really bad virus. Yes. So most of the time they see small puppies with parvo because they haven't been vaccinated against it. And a lot of times you'll hear about parvo being throughout a whole litter of puppies Mm -hmm. because it's highly, highly contagious and it's very hard for the virus to be killed. So it was recommended to me not to bring a puppy into our house for a full year after he had an active parvo infection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's a lot. And so we immediately packed up, went straight to the vet. And at this point, I'm like kind of freaking out because he was very sick. He was not wanting to walk. I handed him off to the vet tech because COVID, we have to. Yeah, you can't go in the clinic. Right. I'm, I can't go in. And so that makes everything even harder. I go for a hike at, at a trail right across from the vet because I'm, I'm worried and I need to be close, but work out some energy. And it was not 10 minutes later. They call me and she's like, he's very, very sick. He's very sick. His white blood cell count is super elevated. We're going to take x-rays if that's okay with you. Because at this point, everyone's thinking he has a blocked intestine. He's some kind of blockage in his system is Mm -hmm. what they're thinking. Because that would cause a lot of the same symptoms. And so they're like, okay, emergency surgery would cost this much. Are you willing to do that? And I'm just like, yes, do whatever you need to. Of course, do whatever you need to. This isn't even my dog. Like, save the puppy. And it was maybe five minutes after that. 
it was probably longer, but it all, at, in hindsight, seemed to go very quickly. She calls and says, he is parvo. He needs to go to the hospital right now. He's very sick. We need you to come and get him. We've already called Blue Pearl to tell them that you're coming. You said that you wanted to go forward. I assume that's still the case. And I was like, yes, whatever we need to do. And they warned me right then, like, he's a very, very sick boy, and I need you to be prepared. If you catch parvo early and think you can take care of it on your own, your dog will die. Your the, dog has to be yeah, the pers- cared for by professionals. Yeah. And that's when you catch it early. Yes, yes. I think most dogs die from parvo, mm-hmm. and that's that's kind of no matter what. And so we go up and I get him at this point. The tech comes out in full PPE, full gown and gloves and a whole mask and hairnet and the whole thing because Parvo is so, so um, contagious that then she would go back in and strip down and all those things would just be thrown away Mm -hmm. because she's going to be dealing with other dogs throughout the day. And so they hand him to me in a towel because at this point he's leaking feces. He has no control over that. And he's just a limp body in my arms. And that was, I think in total two hours, maybe after I had dropped him off that morning. Yeah. He's pretty floppy to begin with. Yes, he is. And so a limp Oakley is just a wet noodle. Yeah, he was 30 pounds when we went in, and yeah, he was just literally folding over my arm and- Literally like a rope toy. Yeah, yeah, 30 pounds of a rope toy, just with the most pathetic eyes I've ever seen, and I'm just very lucky my partner was able to drive me because I was- a mess. (laughs) I was a mess, and it was early here, and so his owners in Hawaii hadn't even woken up yet. And so they'd been keeping track. We'd been in touch about, yeah, he's been sick, but oh, like he ate or, oh, he went for a walk or, oh, he's drinking water. Oh, like we, you know, we did this, we did Mm -hmm. that. And everyone's like, okay, like puppies get sick. No big deal. And then I was going to have to tell them, oh, he might die. Mm. Yeah. Yes. It was very scary and very awful, but we're very lucky that Blue Pearl was right down the road from our vet and Blue Pearl is an emergency animal hospital And same is that they have a different entrance for any Parvo pups to go into and they come out in that full dress to get him. And uh, I had, I have something that's called poop karma that uh, I always said that I'd built up. Poop karma is picking up other dogs poop when you're out for a walk, Mm -hmm. when you pick up your own dog's poop, of course, but when you see- there's room in the bag- Yeah, but when you see others, just go ahead and pick it up. And that's poop karma because sometimes maybe you can't find yours or, you know, whatever. So it's like, give a little, get a little, like Mm -hmm. that's, that's the, that's the life. And, uh, so literally I was like, buddy, all this poop karma is coming your way and you've got a house in Hawaii and five kids waiting to be your best friend. You have the best life waiting for you. You, you can do this. you got to pull through. It speaks to how serious Parvo is when you describe separate entrants and their protocols and everything because you hear about any disease for your dog, especially a puppy, and you're concerned, but they don't tell you take a different entrance. 
Yeah. No, every, I mean, again, the first vet, they told me on the phone to be prepared. Then when they brought him out, then the vet came out again and told me like, be prepared. He's a very sick boy. He was septic by the Mm -hmm. time he got to the hospital, which is very, very dangerous. You hear about that in people. It can happen with dogs, which just means the infection has moved to the bloodstream. In all seriousness, if he were a human in this condition and with these odds of survival, they would be asking, do you want to do last rites? Yeah. Are you, are you religious? Oh, sure. What religion are you? They would be having that conversation. Yes, yes, yes. And so I had to drop him off and put down, and we'll, I'll talk about the financial aspect of it later. I, I put down the initial down payment because they won't treat a dog without that initial down mm-hmm. payment. And again, his owners weren't awake. So I put down a couple thousand dollars for this initial treatment, which was going to be a very intense intravenous and they started IVs already at the previous vet. And so they continued with the IVs with heavy antibiotics and fluids because he was severely dehydrated. With Parvo, they're not curing the dog. They're addressing all the symptoms, trying to keep it alive until they get the virus out of the system. Yeah. Yeah. There is no like, we fixed Parvo. Mm-hmm. It's the virus. Let's get the, the, the yeah. Parvo pills. It's kind of like when you have food poisoning, right? There are things that you can sometimes take sometimes mm-hmm. to help alleviate your symptoms, but it's not going to, you're not going to get better until whatever has gotten into your body exits your body. And so it's the same thing with Parvo for dogs. So that's why the continuous vomiting and diarrhea is, um, is the big concern because the body's trying to get rid of the virus as fast as it can, and in doing so causes extreme dehydration and then infection, obviously, which is why he was so, so sick. It's very scary. At what point do you have the conversation with his family that's a thousand miles away? His family then, my best friend, calls me as I'm sitting in the parking lot waiting for the doctor to call me back from the hospital to give me the initial, like, this is our game plan, this is what I'm expecting this is the cost I'm expecting. I wanted to have as much information as I could for her. I knew what her answer would be. I knew her answer would be do whatever you need to, to save the dog. I knew that would be the answer. And so I just went with my gut on that and knew that we'd figure it out. And so she called me while I was waiting for the doctor to, to call me back and to tell me. And so I gave her the button and waited for the doctor at this point, it was probably 11 a.m. I, I got home. I, I finally gathered myself because I, of course, had been crying all morning and um, called her to tell her the situation. And she was at the beach with her kids. And so I had, you know, just told her, like, okay, things took a turn and this is the situation. And she said, of course, yes, do whatever whatever you need to. And it should be said that they, they had met him and they had fallen in love with him. They got to come in town and spend two weeks with him. And when they did, I just handed him over and they, they got to do all the things that they do, hiking and swimming. And he got to know all the kids and the parents and just he fits into that family so well. And so they all really, really love him already. So there was no way that they were going to give up without a fight. This is just hours into finding out the diagnosis. Yes. So you've talked to the family and now you're getting the update from the doctor of how will we proceed? Yes. And he said it will be at least five days. Um, Well, he said he was guessing four at the least, um, likely five days in the hospital 
they were going to be doing heavy antibiotics through an IV and um, heavy fluids through an IV. And they had already started a catheter on him as well. And at this point, again, he was just leaking feces at a fairly constant rate. Yeah. And so he said the goal is to get to a point where then he would eat on his own. So where his temperature would go down, that was the big thing. He was septic. And so the big thing was his temperature needs to break. We need his fever to break. That's our first goal. That's what we were just hoping for on that first mark was let's get that fever down and let's try to get that fever to break. How long did that take? It took a few days. And in the meantime, the vets had all told me, you need to go home and you need to basically burn it down. (laughs) That's when they explained how contagious and how difficult it is to get rid of the parvovirus. And since we have more dogs in our home than just him, even though they had all been fully vaccinated, it was still very important to do our best to clean and get rid of everything we could to prevent it from spreading, especially if dogs have some kind of compromised immune system like Rosa does, or if maybe their vaccines were behind or, you know, any slip and another dog could be in that position. You don't want an asymptomatic dog to transmit it. Exactly. Exactly. And our dogs are constantly around other dogs. So I was very, very lucky in that I called my roommate and I told her what was going on. And she and her boyfriend immediately went out and bought bleach and started bleaching all the dog bowls. I got rid of three dog beds. All of his toys got thrown away. Bedding that he had been laying on, anything he got sick on just got thrown away. All of my bedding got bleached at least twice. And we cleaned all the floors, anything he might've touched, my car, everything got a huge heavy duty scrub down. Now we needed to clean our house anyway. Yes, and so we then, gave everything a deep yeah, clean. yeah, you all were the like second people I called to say, hey. And where I knew I had picked up his diarrhea, I sprayed bleach all around there. Perfect, yep. And not taking any chances. Yeah, yeah, which as I know now, because holy cow, Parvo is scary, scary. So it takes several days for the fever to break. What is then the next step in treating this? Yes. So we're, again, so thankful. Blue Pearl is a 24-hour vet clinic. So you could call at any time during the day or night to get an update. And the doctors were calling me every morning and every evening at the end of their shifts to give me a progress update on him. But it worked out really well, especially for the family in Hawaii, that they could call at any time and Mm -hmm. get an update on how he was doing. And so once we got the news, his fever broke, we were all like, And so the next step would be he needs to eat because at this point he hadn't eaten in five days and he was not so interested in eating. So we had to, they had to do a feeding tube, which he very much resisted and was not happy to have done, but it was very important because as we talked about a big part of getting rid of the virus is getting it out of the system. So having the digestive system working and it only works when there's something to be digested, is is really important. So they did a feeding tube that then would drip, slow drip some food to get the digestive system moving to continue to help get the virus out of a system. Finally, Oakley decided to eat. Yes. And he likes to eat, usually. Yes, he loves, he loves mealtime. Always has. Always has. 
So we get him to eat. Uh, how, yes. how many days did he spend at Blue Pearl? Six days total. A long and six days. It was a long six days, and they were wonderful. I cannot state that enough, how wonderful they were. And when he finally ate, the doctor called me giddy, basically, of like, he did it. He did it. He's eating. And canned chicken was the key. Cat food, not so interested. They got deli meat. They cooked him eggs. But it was canned chicken that finally got him eating. And once he started eating and they removed the tube, then they said he became a totally different dog. Well, and I... I asked them if I could buy a new version of his favorite toy because he loves toys and he loves snuggling with toys. His favorite toy is a lamb chop, a stuffed lamb chop. And they said, yes, if it's brand new, you can't take it home. I said, no problem. And I took that before. He hadn't started eating yet. But I, when I took him that lamb chop, the first phone call I got from the doctor was he loves his lammy. He is snuggling with it. When we go to clean his kennel, he picks it up and takes it with him. You know, he's clearly loves it. Like good call on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's a good sign that he's perked up and he's interested in things and yeah, he's moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. And so then once he started eating, they were like, okay, he's back. And he said, I asked the nurse how he was doing. And she said, he's being a little naughty. And the doctor said, good. That's a good sign. He's a puppy. He should be a little naughty. And every time I'd call after that, they'd say, we can hear him howling through the vents. He wants to go home. Like, he's done being here. And I was like, best news ever. What is the process of taking him home? What is the uh, follow-up that is part of that? So the bill is something that needs to be followed up on. Like, they give you an estimate at the beginning of, we expect he'll be here for four days, and we expect the cost to be this, and they make you pay that up front. And then once we went past that, they'd say, okay, so now we expect it to be this and we need you to pay this much more. And you have to pay that. He ended up not, it was right under $5,000. And he ended up not needing some of that. So they refunded a few hundred of that that wasn't used. And so when they told me that he would be ready to go home, I took the morning off of the work I was supposed to be doing. Cause I'm like, no dude, he's ready. I bought new dog beds. I went to PetSmart and spent over a hundred dollars on new toys. And <laughs> I was ready for him to be home. And I'm sure he was ready to be home. Yes. And so a dog with Parvo can still be contagious for up to two to three weeks after symptoms have kind of gone away or once they've gotten out of the hospital. I was surprised. I went to go pick him up. I had to go pick him up um, on the backside of the hospital because he was still contagious. The tech came out still in that full Mm -hmm. gown, gloves, hairnet, the whole thing. And he started freaking out and was just crying in that way that dogs do. He hasn't seen you for six days. Right, right. And so he's crying, I'm crying, and I'm just saying, thank thank you so much for everything you've done. I'm so thankful. Just a mess. I am a hot mess. (laughs) I don't know if the mic is picking up this sound. (laughs) Oakley's giving me kisses. Thank you, Oakley. Good boy. I keep hearing my name, so. Good boy. Thank you, Oakley. Yes, an Oakley facial is is a very specific spa treatment that you can get only from him. How long has it been since he's been out of the hospital? A month and a half? 
Okay, let's no? see. It is August. We're recording this on August 10. So it would be a month and like three days. He's going to help you figure this out. Thanks, bud. Yeah, because he went into the hospital on July 2nd and got out on that following. So it's just been a month and yeah. he is. Oh my gosh. He's 100%. He is definitely 100%. He's gone back to growing. Yes, he he came out and I noticed he was taller, but he was definitely thinner. Obviously, he hadn't been eating and then he remained on a... He wasn't carrying a lot of extra weight. No. He did not have any baby fat. No. And he remained on a rice and chicken diet for a couple weeks because if I were to try to give him a little bit, because they said, well, then start introducing some dry dog food and I'd do that and then he'd promptly throw it up. And they said that's normal, like his digestive system is is healing. Like it's going to take some time for his system to get back to normal. Like just take it easy and just do, do what you need to. And once he got back to normal, oh my gosh, he is a ravenous pig. He's getting taller and he's starting to finally like get a little bit thicker because he was Mm -hmm. so, so skinny. Earlier in the story, you said he'd had his three Parvo shots. Yes. Yet somehow he's still got parvo do we know how that happens we don't know exactly how that happens and so that was one of the things that obviously myself and the owners were kind of upset about because I had taken him to the vet and I had said like hey these are his symptoms and it's like why don't you test a puppy for parvo like how does this not happen because we'd been to the brink of death and back we were confused and my thing was, I don't want anyone else to go through this. And if that means changing the protocol at the vet, then that's what that means. And I will fight and complain until that happens because nobody should go through what we went through. And after speaking with the vet several times, one of the senior vets at the clinic, they told me that, so this is what is called vaccine failure, that they're just like anything else in life, nothing's 100%. Mm-hmm. And so while these vaccines generally protect against the virus, nothing's 100%. And so his immune system or the potency of the virus or the amount of times he was around it, any, any of those things. Of Parvo. Yeah. Yeah. Could be, could play into that. Or if, you know, the batch of vaccines that came out were somehow bad or whatever, mm-hmm. Which, of course, is hard to prove, and that was the thing. I mean, immediately, our our vets were going through, like, yeah, like, they don't keep expired vaccines. They know where all this stuff comes from. They know what shot he got. And so it's called vaccine failure, which is just a fancy way of saying it didn't work for him. We were very grateful and very happy to hear then in the case of vaccine failure, the vaccine company actually pays for his care. The cost of treatment was covered. The owners were reimbursed for what they spent at Blue Pearl. And then our vet, because they use the vaccines, they have a relationship with the vaccine company. Then the vaccine company just reimburses our vet specifically for the care that Oakley had while he was at our vet prior to going to the hospital. So the last couple times I'd been there and that was several hundred dollars as well. Since he survived parvovirus, does that mean he's less likely to get it again? Is that like getting the vaccine in the worst way? (laughs) Significantly worse way, but or does he need to go through a protocol of 
vaccinations again. So, um, and our vet actually talked to the vaccine company and then reached out to multiple other vets to ask that same question because she had said, you know, I've been practicing for over 20 years and I've heard of vaccine failure, but I've never experienced it over the hundreds, if not thousands of animals that she's worked with, nor had any of the other vets in the practice dealt with vaccine failure. Several have dealt with parvo, but Mm -hmm. vaccine failure, which is why they hadn't checked him for parvo when I went back that night Mm -hmm. after he had declined so much because again, he'd been vaccinated. Why, why would you check for that? Yeah. Yeah. But he doesn't have to go through shots again. No, no. He'll have to get his boosters. Mm Mm-hmm. He'll have to get his boosters as any dog normally would. The first couple weeks I had him back, they said, you know, keep him away from other dogs just because he might still be shedding the virus himself. And again, they had said, clean everything, get rid of all the things, pick up any any stools from him to make sure that that doesn't spread or like the chances of him getting it again would be infinitesimal. Infinitesimal? Yeah, that word. That's what I would say. Very small. It would be very, very small. At this point, I'm paranoid and I'm like, I'm going to do all the things, all the things. But his uh, stools normalized within a couple weeks. And they had said once the stools are normal for a week, then he is ready to go back around other dogs again, which was a great day. I think there's several lessons here. One, don't assume just because your dog has had shots for something that they can't get it. Vaccine failure is a real thing. Yes. So be an advocate for your dog. Absolutely. If you think it has something that it's been vaccinated for, press on that. Yes, because had I known, and of course, why would I have known what I know now? I the would have didn't know, right? Why I would, would have, I would have pressed for. Okay, I'll pay the twenty five dollars or whatever it would cost for a parvo test. Yeah, I'd rather pay the twenty five dollars than the five thousand dollars that his treatment ended up costing. I think the vets obviously feel the same way now, Mm -hmm. but I never would have known that before. And the other lesson is pick up your dog poop. Yes. Everybody. Poop karma. It's real people. Poop karma is real. Healthy dog poop is bad for the soil. Yes. So pick it up. But definitely the possibility that there might be disease, a virus in your dog's poop Pick it up and dispose of it properly. Yes, please. Be responsible dog owners. Yeah, and that's the thing is we can't know where he got it from. He is a very social dog, and we have dogs in the house, and we visit dog parks. And um, that was one of the phone calls we had to make was to Barquet because dogs, even when they don't have symptoms, can be spreading and shedding the virus a week or so before the symptoms actually start. And so he had been at Barquet the Sunday before his mm-hmm. symptoms started. And on Monday, actually, he was at Barquet as well. And so I called them immediately once I found out. They were like my fourth phone call and let them know this is what's going on. You need to know this. And they sanitized the entire park, I think they said three times, and canceled events that would have puppies at it because they didn't want to take any chances of getting that very, spread. Very responsible yes. of them. Thank you for sharing your story, and we will have a picture of Oakley <laughs> as the thumbnail for this. And the when floppiest we dog around. On social media, and I think we have some videos. I don't know if we've put them on YouTube or not. I know we've posted them on Facebook, but we'll be sure to put those up on YouTube as well so you can see Oakley in his element being yes. energetic and playful, probably with peaches. 
Yes, we are very, very lucky and oh so thankful. Again, cannot thank the people at Blue Pearl enough. And then the follow-up work that our vets did at Amity Woods Animal Hospital to ensure that the owners got reimbursed for the cost of treatment. So we're we're all very lucky and very happy, obviously, that we have this little Muppet still running around. I know there'll be other stories that we'll want to hear from Jesse, so we'll have you back on Dog Words. Yay! And it hopefully will not be anything about Parvo. Yeah, I'd like to keep it on the more level of joyful doga yeah, than the, doga vibe. Than we'll the near death that. experience. Thank you again, Jesse. Thanks, Phil. I'm Phil Hatterman, and you've been listening to Dog Words, presented by Rosie Fund. Thank you to Jesse Schroyer for joining us today. Please check out the links in this episode's description for more information on canine parvovirus, if you're interested in her for speaking, workshops, and yoga, and a link to the Bar K Dog Bar calendar for Doga and other events. Be sure to catch the next episode of Dog Words for our interview with animal trainer Trish McMillan. As always, a big thank you to Alternative String Duo The Wires, featuring cellist Sasha Groshong and violinist Laurel Morgan Parks, for playing the wonderful music you've heard on today's and previous episodes of Dog Words. Learn more about The Wires at thewires.info and download their music on iTunes. Remember, you can be a part of The Wires Underground Concert Series this fall by contacting them at thewiresduo at gmail.com. And check out fiddlelife.com and learn to play fiddle and cello fiddle online from Laurel and Sasha even if you've never played before. Please download, subscribe, rate, and share Dog Words. This helps us with sponsorships, and Rosie Fund can help more dogs. Support Rosie Fund by following us on social media, and please subscribe to the free Rosie Fund YouTube channel and comment on the videos. Send us your comments, questions, and suggestions at rosiefund.org, and let us know if you would like to be a sponsor of the Dog Words podcast. Thank you for listening, and remember, we save each other.